0: Recently, we had gone through a little bit of a rough patch because, see, she went to a different school than I did, and I felt like she was constantly hanging out with these guys and spending time with them, and I didn't know them. Like, in a way that bothered me right now, like, that she had class with them, that'd be kind of weird, but, like, the fact that she was, like, like really just, like, spending time with them. And so it kind of bothered me. So I'm sitting at, um, at the, in this hotel room with my family, um. And I'm on my computer, and I'm actually on this really kind of prehistoric uh, way of interacting with people that you probably read about in your history books called MySpace. Um, it existed. We don't really talk about it, but it was real. Um, and, and so I'm sitting on this, this MySpace, and, um, and I'm doing what every good boyfriend does, right? I'm creeping on some guy who this girl's been hanging out with. Never met the guy. Don't know who he is, but I'm creeping on him. And so I'm sitting there, I'm looking at his pictures, right? I'm sizing up the competition, you know, just, I guess, doing what guys do on, on MySpace. And, um, but it's interesting because as I'm looking at this guy's pictures, I come across one of them that has a comment, a recent comment from the girl that I'm dating, and on this comment on this, of this guy's picture, she decides to say these words publicly for everybody to see. Look at that hottie. So real quick, let me just give you some really solid dating advice. <laughs> right? Don't ever, for any reason, for any purpose, in any circumstance, at any time, at any decade, for any reason, with any person ever, for any reason whatsoever, choose to say that when you're dating somebody else. Don't do it. Just don't do it. I mean, I was livid when I saw this. So I'm sitting in this hotel with my family and I'm so mad that I storm out and it's like this 30 degree weather because I got to cool off, right? I'm just steaming. I got to cool off and I just got to process what's happening here. I just got to because I'm just so confused why she would do this, why she would write this, right? And to this guy, because in my mind, this is the type of guy who looks like he goes to problem with his mom, right? <laughs> and so she thinks that guy's hot. What is it really saying about me, right? Right? I mean, I'm just furious, right? I, I'm just furious about this. And so after I walk around by myself in the cold of Kentucky, uh, I decide, you know what? I, I gotta do something, right? I got to figure this thing out. Right, because again, I'm just completely confused. I just don't understand why this would happen. And so I decide I got to call this girl. Right, I got to get on the phone. I got to call this girl and I've got to figure out why this happened. And see today, as we get ready to jump into our passage in Mark chapter nine, we see right before that the disciples like me find themselves in just this really confusing situation this confusing situation because of a comment that somebody said. And like me, they're just trying to figure out based upon that comment, they're just trying to figure something out. Because in the verses following, where we're going to pick up and in verse 33, Jesus decides to open up to his disciples for the first time. Well, actually the second time about something, but he decides to tell them about the cross. He tells them that a time is coming that the Romans are going to take him up, they're going to kill him, but then in three days he's going to rise again. But see, when Jesus says this, the dudes have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, no idea. They are completely confused on this comment that he just said. So confused about it. But because they, they, they don't really feel comfortable, they don't say anything. But then as they start to leave, they start walking down towards this town called Capernaum. And as they're making the way down there, the silence breaks because they decide to have a little bit of a conversation to try to figure something out. And that's where we jump into a passage in Mark chapter nine, verse 33. So let's read that together. It says, they came to Capernaum when he, that's Jesus, was in the house. He asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? Or some translations say, what were you discussing on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. So to get why the disciples are trying to figure out who's the greatest, you have to understand what they thought about the Messiah at this time, who they thought Jesus was and what they thought he was going to do. See, the reason that the disciples are so confused on the comment that Jesus had said earlier is because when he talked about being killed by the Romans, they didn't get that because in their mind, they thought Jesus was going to overcome the Romans. Right, People in this day have this vision of the Messiah that he was going to overthrow the Roman empire that had been suppressing them for years and that he was going to reestablish this kingdom of Israel, this kingdom like David had and Solomon had years and years ago. And so they're confused. They don't get why Jesus talks about dying. But see, as they're walking, because Jesus is talking about the future, right? Because he's talking about something that's coming up, they decide to have a conversation about what they think the future is going to look like, what they think is going to happen. And so as they're walking and they're just hanging out, one of the disciples decide to ask a great question. He says, when Jesus is in charge, right, because we all believe that he's going to be, right, which one of us is going to be his VP? Right, who's going to have the best position on his staff? And they're like a bunch of guys who are trying to figure out who's the best college football team in August, these guys just start going at it. They start arguing about who, what they've done. They start arguing about who they think should have that position, right? Each guy, I'm sure, telling the other ones why he's done the most, right? How he's done enough to deserve that best spot, right? Each one of them trying to prove that they're the greatest and that they should have that best position, position on Jesus' staff, and so they're using this standard of greatness based upon what they think is gonna happen. And each one of them is trying to show that they've gotten closest to that standard compared to everybody else. But then when they show up at this town, Jesus calls them out and he asks them what they were talking about. They get caught. And see this conversation that they're having, right? This, this, it's strange to us, right? We don't have this conversation today. But even though the conversation is unusual, what they're doing here isn't. Because what the disciples are doing is they walk down this road to Capernaum. It was what we do every single day of our lives. Right? They're comparing themselves to somebody else. Right? They're comparing themselves to each other to figure out how they measure up. And that's what we do all the time in our lives. We spend our time comparing ourselves to other people even when we're hanging out with our family in a hotel room in Louisville. But the difference is we don't do it publicly like they were, right? We don't do it as we walk down the road. Instead, often where we find ourselves comparing ourselves to other people is when we scroll through Instagram. Is when we spend time on our phone looking and keeping up with other people. See, so often in what we've seen in our our culture, in our lives is that Instagram has become this place where we try to prove that we're great, right? It's become this place where we try to show everybody that we're living our best life, right? That's why we only post pictures that are perfect that we've taken 16 times or use the best filter or why we spend so much time trying to come up with the perfect caption until we get to the point that we just say, no caption needed, right? That's our way of getting out of that. Right? We do that. We all do that, right? And so what happens is that Instagram has become this place where we try to show that we're great. The Instagram life has become this standard of greatness that so many of us are trying to live by. And naturally, when we find ourselves trying to prove ourselves, then that's when we compare. That's when we see how we're measuring up compared to everybody else. Right? We see how fit we are compared to that guy who always goes to the gym. Or we see how many likes we have compared to that girl who always gets a bunch of likes when she posts. I mean, so often we find ourselves doing this. And see, what's so funny to me is that in this passage, the disciples get called out because of what they did and they keep quiet because they know that it's wrong. And see, even though we, like the disciples, know that we shouldn't compare right, we know that we shouldn't kind of measure ourselves up to other people, we find ourselves still doing it. We find ourselves constantly doing it, even though we know we shouldn't. And even if it doesn't make us feel good. Because oftentimes when we compare ourselves to other people, we usually don't walk away feeling that good about ourselves. And actually research shows that. Because a little while back, this is crazy, I read a, it was a research, a study rather, that was done to show how we compare other different posts that we see on social media, right? How we compare ourselves to that. And it talks about how we do that two ways. We do it either upwardly or downwardly, right? So an upward post, or excuse me, an upward direction comparison is when we look at it and we feel like that we're better off. But a downward comparison is when we look at somebody and we think that we're doing a better job, excuse me, that we're worse off. So upward, better off, downward, worse off. But this is what this study showed. On places like social media, when we compare either upwardly or downwardly, both times we walk away feeling worse. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that insane? And so it, it, it makes us wonder, right? If we know we shouldn't compare, and all the time it's caused us to just walk away feeling worse about ourselves. Why do we do it? Why do we spend so many time or so much of our time seeing how we measure up to other people? So I called that girl in that apartment in Louisville and I confronted her. About why in the world she had made that comment about that guy. And when I did, she just blew it off. Like as if I was the bad guy, right? Telling me that it wasn't that big of a deal, telling me that I was overreacting and that I was still her guy. That's what I figured out when I called her. So no surprise, my relationship with her did not last very long after that. But about a year later, I started dating another girl. Another girl that I, I mean, I really liked this girl. Like I really saw myself having a future with her. And so one night we're hanging out with a group of my friends, and a a guy that I was close with was there that this girl had never met before. So we hang out, we have a good time, then afterwards, me and her are alone, and she tells me something. She says, you know, I really enjoyed hanging out with that friend of yours that I haven't met before. You know, if you and I weren't together, I could see myself dating some guy like him. So real quick, let me just give you some solid dating (laughs) advised. (laughs) You want to know what's really funny? Unlike the time before, when this girl said that, it didn't bother me. Like at all. Like to the point that I thought it was such a good compliment to my friend that I went and I told him that. Which was weird and odd. Wouldn't (laughs) recommend that really calls for a very awkward, in, you know, in exchange with him. But like that shows you how much it didn't bother me. I mean, it did not bother me at all that she said that. Right, so, so the question is why? Why did I respond totally differently in two very similar situations, right? Because in both of those situations, what was happening is that a girl I was in a relationship with was showing that she was interested in somebody else, right? That's what's happening in both those relationships. So what was the difference? Here it is, one word, insecurity. See, when I was dating that first girl, I was not very secure in our relationship, right? Because she was spending time with all these other guys, because she was hanging out with these, these guys that I didn't know, that bothered me, right? So I found myself comparing myself to them, right? Trying to prove at least to, to, to Jesse that I was her greatest option. I mean, that's why I was creeping on that guy anyways in that hotel room, because I was insecure. But see, when I was in this relationship with this other girl, as I mentioned, I saw us being together for a while, right? I saw us having a future together. And so when she made that comment, it didn't bother me at all. Right, I wasn't threatened by my friend. I was secure in where I thought our relationship was going. And so I had no desire to compare myself to my friend, no desire to try to prove that I was better off and that I was the guy that she should be dating. Not at all. Because in one of the relationships I was insecure and in the other one I wasn't. And so here's why I tell you this story. Here's why it's so important that you see this because it helps us understand why we compare even when we know we shouldn't and why we compare even when it doesn't make us feel better. Because what that story shows is that we compare because we're insecure, right? We compare because we're insecure. I mean, insecurity is the foundation for why we feel like we have to measure ourselves to other people, why we have to prove that we're doing better or that we're greater than they are. I mean, just think about that. Think about something that you're insecure about, something that you're not very comfortable about, something that you wish was different about who you are. And I can almost guarantee you when you see a post or you interact with somebody it is so easy to be that's what the area that you're comparing with them. Right? We compare because we're insecure. And so so much of our lives we spend it trying to figure out how we can become most, more secure, right? But we struggle to do that. Right? And this also helps us understand why we, when we compare ourselves to other people on social media, it doesn't make us feel better. Because we're using that to try to heal those insecurities. right? We're using that to try to get rid of them, but it doesn't do that. And so what this means is so important because what this means is that we don't compare because we have Instagram. We compare because we have insecurities. Instagram is just the place That magnifies them. And it is so big that you get that. Because so often social media gets slammed, right? It gets seen as this place that causes us to have so much self image problems, that causes us to think so lowly of ourselves. And so we look at social media, we look at places like Instagram as being the reason that we're insecure. And I hate that. Because that misses the mark it doesn't take care of the problem, it deals with an aspect of it, right? It doesn't get to the root, it deals with the branches. Because the reality is Instagram magnifies the insecurities more than it makes them, right? It just brings them up, right? Because we have this standard of greatness that's based upon these likes and these shares that we get, That's when we find ourselves comparing to people because the stakes are high because how much we are worth as a person is dependent upon that in our mind. And so because of that on Instagram, we find these insecurities being magnified, right? We find these things that are deep down inside of us becoming or beginning to go up to the surface. And along with that, we experience so many negative emotions, so many difficulties, that come up into our life. And so what that means for all of us in this room, what this means for every single one of us sitting here is that all of us log into Instagram with insecurities, with these wounds from our past because of things that have happened to us, wounds because somebody with some pretty harsh words made fun of how we looked or because of somebody that we deeply loved told us that we weren't gonna amount to anything or times in our life that we wanted to be really close with somebody, but they wanted nothing to do with us. We all have wounds. And so what we're trying to do on Instagram is we're trying to cover and to heal those wounds by trying to prove, if not to anybody else but ourselves, that we can live up to the standard of greatness. But we don't because we can't. And when that happens, that's when it hurts. That's when we start to worry. And that's when we feel really alone. And we start to hear this voice inside of our head telling us things that we don't want to hear. Voice that saying to us, you're not good enough that says you're not doing enough or that says you're not enough. And with that, we have this flood of emotions like discouragement and anxiety and loneliness because we're not living up to this standard that we see all the time and we're afraid that we never will. So if all of this is true, and I think you would agree with me that it is, then what do we do? Right, this is true about us. If this is what all of us are doing, and I know that I am, then what do we do? And that's what this whole series is about. The whole series is talking about how we can deal with these insecurities so that we can stop comparing ourselves to people. And so deny it is step one. And here's the first step that we have to take. We have to change our standard of greatness. Because just like the disciples in our passage, we're operating by the standard of greatness that we've created on our own. Right? The standard of greatness that's based upon how we think we're doing on Instagram. But when Jesus finally does speak to these disciples who are too afraid to, he sets an entirely different standard. He says something that is completely different than what we think. Because this is what we see in the final verse of our passage. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anybody who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Let's read that one more time. It says, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. I mean, after the disciples have spent so much time trying to figure out and debate who's the greatest, Jesus completely flips the script. Right? In this one sentence, Jesus totally dismantles everything that they've been doing and everything that they've thought. Because in this one sentence, Jesus is basically saying to them, look, you guys don't get it. Right, you think greatness is about being better than everybody else, right? You think that greatness is about proving that you have this life that everybody else wishes they had. But what you guys don't realize is that's not what greatness is, right? Greatness is putting your friends first. Greatness is seeing other people as more important than you. So if you want to be great, then what you have to realize is it's not about trying to be in the best place. Instead, it's about being content, being in last place. So in this moment, as Jesus kind of gently calls out his disciples, what he does is he redefines greatness. And he shows us something here that we have to remember and that we have to hold on to as we continue in this series. And once again, it's one word, and that's contentment. Right? We talked about all night that we compare because we're insecure. right? So if we want to become secure or feel more secure about who we're not, then we have to become content with who we already are. Because see, the opposite of insecurity is contentment, right? Because contentment says, it's okay that I'm not the most fit, right? It says, it's okay that I don't have as many followers or as many as likes as somebody else. It says, it's okay that I don't have a whole lot of friends. And contentment even says, it's okay, or I'm okay with how Jesus made me, flaws and all. See, contentment is having peace knowing, contentment is having peace knowing that you're not the best and that you never will be. And see, that's okay because when we understand the standard of greatness that Jesus sets up, then we also understand that when we get on to Instagram, that we shouldn't see ourselves as the most important person on there. And so if we want to have this standard of greatness, if we want to live out the standard of greatness in our life, what we have to realize and what we have to do and what we have to be content with is being in last place the same place that Jesus was willing to take for us. Because we can't forget that Jesus, right, the God of all was content to step down into this world and to be a servant to all. Right, he chose to lay down his life, to follow after us, excuse me, to lay down his life so we could follow after him, to die on the cross so we could be forgiven. He chose to do that. And by doing that, he was putting us first, right? And Jesus even decided to look at us as being more important than he is, even though we're definitely not, right? That's the story of the gospel. That's the story of the cross. And so Jesus here doesn't just give us this standard of greatness. Instead, Jesus was the one that lived it out, And when we follow in his footsteps and we choose to live this standard of greatness out, it's gonna be amazing how we change how we see Instagram. Because what's amazing is we'll look at it as a place, not where we're trying to compare ourselves to other people to see how we measure up, but instead we'll see it as a place to celebrate what's happening in other people's lives, to celebrate what's going on as they've shared their life with us. And we'll begin to use Instagram the way that it was intended to be used to celebrate and not to compare. And so what we have to learn if we want to live by the standard of greatness that Jesus has called us to live by is we have to stop comparing and we have to start being content. We have to practice this in our lives and we have to learn something that I want all of us to remember as we walk out and begin this journey together. In order for us to do this, in order for us to get to the point that we are living out the standard of greatness that Jesus set, we have to learn contentment over comparison. Right? We have to choose to be content with who we are, not trying to compare ourselves to everybody else. And so this whole series, that's what we're going to do. This whole series, we're going to look at ways of how we can learn contentment over comparison. And it's going to be a process, right? This is something that isn't going to change overnight because our insecurities are deep and the wounds because of those are deep. But each night that we meet in this series, we're going to take steps to do that. We're going to take steps to overcome these insecurities in our life by looking at these different emotions that come because of it. So we'll take time to talk about discouragement. We'll take time to talk about anxiety. We'll take time to talk about loneliness And as we do, we're going to see how scripture, how God's word can heal us as we do that. And we're going to learn how to work through these emotions as we continue to remember this simple but yet so important and so profound reality. Contentment over comparison. And so tonight as we wrap up, here's my challenge to you. I challenge you is to take this first step and to start to change how you see greatness. To start being content with how God has made you. Because the reason we have things and the reason we don't have things is because God has a reason and a purpose behind that. And so we have to learn to be content. We have to learn his standard of greatness, and to start seeing other people as more important than us, start seeing ourselves the way that Jesus saw himself. And so that's my challenge to you tonight. A challenge for you is to change your definition of greatness and to take the step to learn contentment over comparison. And I promise you guys, as we walk through this series, I think God's gonna do some amazing things in our lives. Because as you'll see in upcoming weeks and in just a little bit, I guess right now, this is something that I really struggle with. mean I can tell you right now, I, I play this game all the time of trying to see how I measure up to so many different people. And I'm tired of it guys, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm tired of feeling like I'm not doing enough. I'm tired of feeling like I'm not enough. And I'm ready to heal these insecurities in my life because of things that people have said or because of things that have happened to me so that I can take the step to see people and to celebrate them the way that God wants me to. And so my prayer is that you'll come on this journey with me that you'll come on this journey as we all together learn contentment over comparison and that we walk out of this series with a deeper love for God, with a deeper love for others, and with a deeper contentment of how he's made us for his glory and for our good. So let's do this together. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be together to talk about this standard and definition of greatness, Jesus, that you have said that is so much different than ours. And God, I know myself included that so many of us are in this place with so many insecurities, so many wounds, so many things in our life that we don't like to think about but we constantly compare it to other people and we just walk away feeling worse. But God, we know the cross says that our who we are isn't defined by our flaws. It's defined by Jesus, right? The cross tells us that we are loved and accepted by you, not because we're great enough, but because Jesus did everything possible so we could be forgiven. And so God, as we begin this journey together, God, as we take some time to worship you, when we take, may we take the first step of learning to be content, by realizing that greatness isn't about being the best, but greatness is about striving for last place because we're okay and we're satisfied with you. And so be with us as we worship, be with us as we sing, and be with us all throughout this series. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.